Awesome. Well, what's up, Central? My name's Tim. I get to serve as one of the pastors here. And uh, I'm so honored that you decided to kick off your week with us here at Central. You guys are looking good here in the room. I also want to give a special shout out to those of you joining us online. We are glad that you are here with us as well. Let's give it up for them. Yeah. It's a lot more fun when you come check us out in person. So if you're in the Bay, uh, swing on by. Uh, some of you may be asking, Tim, did you lose a bet? Why are you wearing a 49ers jersey? Um, fair question, fair question. But it is kickoff weekend for the 49ers here in the Bay. And so I said, hey, win in Rome, right? Support the locals. Uh, Chiefs are winning, though, by... 12. So uh, anyway, uh, we're, we're glad that you're here with us as we kick off a brand new series today called Hashtag Struggles. Uh, I think if we're honest, man, we all have some, some struggles and uh, we're going to be looking at this question, examining this question over the next five weeks. How do I follow Jesus in a selfie-centered world? And so we're going to be looking at specific topics like relationships, compassion, contentment, authenticity, and rest. And as I read through that list, uh, if you're like me, uh, I think we could all agree, man, the struggle is real whenever it comes to every single one of those. So regardless if you're on social media, regardless if you've ever taken a selfie or not, you're going to get a whole lot out of these next uh, five weeks as we look at the question, how do I follow Jesus in a selfie-centered world? Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about compassion and my favorite preacher on the face of the earth today is going to be preaching from this stage. My wife, Tiffany, talking about compassion. It'll be awesome. She'll be here. Uh, You don't want to miss that. But today we're talking about relationships, talking about relationships. And I don't know if you've ever asked this or said this out loud or maybe thought to yourself this question. I think relationships would be awesome if they didn't involve people, right? I think relationships would be great if they just didn't involve involve people. Well, last week we talked about the topic of heaven, and heaven is a relational place. Heaven is a right place where every relationship will be restored to perfect order, and uh, there won't be the awkward tension in those relationships any longer. Uh, but it reminds me of this poem that this guy wrote regarding relationships right now, and, and here's what he said. He said, uh, to dwell above with saints we love, well, that'll be a glory. But to dwell below with people we know, Well, that's a different story, right? Like, (laughs) we're looking forward to that. That's going to be awesome. But what about right now? Because I got to deal with this coworker of mine that, like, what the heck's going on, right? Relationships, uh, there's some struggle. There's some struggle there. And so so we're going to look at this topic today uh, whenever it comes to relationships, specifically uh, in light of technology. I I believe we are in the greatest communication shift in the, in the past 500 years with technology. And ch- technology is changing the game uh, for us whenever it comes to relationships. And just uh, fair warning, I think technology is awesome. I think we have a lot of ground to make up when it comes to utilizing technology uh, for a greater, greater purpose. Uh, currently, FaceTime uh, wasn't available a few years ago, but FaceTime is, uh, is our lifeline, like to family right now. So we, we utilize technology. Uh, I love social media. Social media, as you know, if you're on it, has a lot of benefits. Um, you can uh, connect with people around the globe. Like our world is a smaller place now, thanks to social media, thanks to technology. You can push important issues forward that you uh, want to get out to the, the world. You can uh, champion causes, and there's many, many benefits to, to social media. Nevertheless, uh, change isn't always easy, and, and God has allowed you to navigate one of the greatest 
cultural changes, whenever it comes to communication, when it comes to technology, when it comes to relationships that I believe has ever taken place in, in the past 500 years at least. And so, uh, so we're going to talk about this, talk about this topic today of relationships. And, and change isn't always easy. I want to show you how some things change. I uh, got a picture of me and my wife on our wedding day. Check this out. Check this out. There we are, right there, right there. See? It's awesome. I don't call her Tiffalicious for nothing. That's my girl. But some things have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Annette. I appreciate that. Um, some things change. Some things for the better. Some things, you know, not so much. Uh, my wife has changed. Like, she looks even hotter than she, she did on our wedding day. Uh, I have managed to grow facial hair to hide my three chins now. And so some things have changed. Uh, my daughter, my, my wife has one of those pictures on her dresser in her, our bedroom. And uh, my daughter came in and said, said, Daddy, why mommy got a picture of these people in your room? Like, <laughs> thank you, Elsie and Annette. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, a lot has changed uh, since our wedding day. Things exist now that did not exist then. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, iPhones, Uber, Instacart, FaceTime, Dropbox, Spotify, Netflix, Google Suites, and the list goes on and on of things that currently exist now that did not exist then. And I'm just saying some things have, some things have changed. And because God has chosen us to navigate the largest communication shift in the past 500 years, I think it's important for us to wrestle with this question, how do I follow Jesus in a selfie-centered world? And so today, to frame up this topic of relationships, I want to invite you to stand in honor of God's word. We're going to read John 13, 34 through 35. Let's stand to our feet. Uh, if nothing else, it'll get the blood flowing once again for us. Uh, and there's going to be this uh, three-word phrase, love one another. When we get to that phrase in this verse, I want to invite you to say that out loud with me, okay? So I'll read the verse. When we get to love one another all together, we're going to say it out loud. We can do this. All right, here we go. Uh, and this is Jesus talking, and here's what he says. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. And so how are we supposed to do that, right? Like, what's the standard that he sets for us to love one another? And here's what he says. As I have loved you, so you must... By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you turn to someone and say the struggle's real, and then you can have a seat. <laughs> love one another. Love one another. That actually was not a new command. That command was originally found in Leviticus, like back in the Old Testament, that took place. Jesus wasn't introducing a new command, but a new standard for that command, that, that as, as you have received love from God, he invites you to love the people in your circle of influence with that same standard, that same kind of love. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. The scholar D.A. Carson wrote this. He said, a new command is simple enough for a toddler to memorize and appreciate, and yet profound enough for the most mature believers to re be repeatedly embarrassed at how poorly they comprehend it and put it into practice. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Like simple in concept, difficult in application. But fewer things, I believe, communicate God's divine power at work amongst the people than genuine love that is reflected in our love for others. As, we, as God has loved us, so we love others. So, so let's be honest, that kind of love isn't super easy, is it? 
That's why people notice. That's why your coworkers, your family members take note when they see that you're empowered by a supernatural source to love one another. And Jesus actually said that is the defining element of a disciple. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He doesn't say if you have flawless theology. I think theology is super important. I've invested a lot of money to get a couple degrees in theology. But, but Jesus doesn't say, hey, Tim, that, that means you're my disciple now. No, no, no. It's my love for one another. He doesn't say, hey, if you have a Christian bumper sticker, that'll prove to the world that you're a disciple. I think a lot of people should probably scrape off that bumper sticker. We don't necessarily act like disciples when we're out there in traffic, right? Tell people we're num- they're number one. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Jesus said there is one thing that will distinguish you, one thing that will distinguish us as followers of Christ from everyone else, and that is our love for one another. This one thing will cause our coworkers, your family members, the people you interact with to take notice by your love for one another. And by that, the world will know that you are a disciple, you are a follower of Jesus. In the midst of a selfie-centered world, you're called to love people like Jesus loves you. But however, I think relationships, the way we interact with people, the game has changed. And so you might be asking, well, how has technology changed the game when it comes to relationships? Well, well, I'm glad you asked. And that's actually where our notes uh, begin. So if you're taking notes inside your program, there's some fill in the blanks. Uh, There's also some additional resources in the back for you to maybe dive in a little deeper on this topic. There's some talk it over notes too, uh, maybe over lunch, talk it over, maybe in your own personal time with the Lord, some questions for you to consider. Uh, But the first fill in the blank is this, and and the topic is how how is technology changing our relationships? The first is this, the term friend is evolving. The term friend means something very different today than it did just a few years ago. Uh, At one time, a friend was someone that you actually did life with, someone that knew your your personal business and you invited them to speak into your personal life, like they knew knew what was going on in your day-to-day reality. The average person today has 338 Facebook friends, and the term friend is is changed. A Business Insider article, they they produced this article in Business Insider 2017 where they surveyed men in the Bay Area, men like you. And here's the way they framed it up. They asked if you have real friends, and the way they defined it was the kind of confidants with whom they could ask and talk honestly and vulnerably about life on a regular basis through good times and bad. You know what the results were? 90% of us said we don't have one dude like that in our life. That's us. That's our reality. So let's just acknowledge like the word friend has changed. While we have 338 friends in our circle of influence on Facebook, we don't have one person, most of us, that we can confide in on a regular basis. Another study showed that males in 1980s had three close confidants that they did life with. I'm just saying that to say, let's just create a baseline for the reality of where we are so we can build and grow from here. The term friend has changed. We have more online activity than ever before, yet more limited personal interaction than ever before. First Peter 4.8 says this, Most important of all, like he uses pretty strong language here, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. And while the term friend is evolving, let's be people who continue to show deep love, not just double-tapping likes. Second observation is this. 
we're becoming addicted to immediate affirmation. We're becoming addicted to immediate affirmation. Uh, part of the reason is because what scientists call a release of dopamine uh, that we receive through social media platforms. So whenever people post or we, we make a post and they comment, they like our stuff, uh, we get a shot of dopamine because they're engaging with our, with our information, with our content online. One scientist called dopamine uh, the happy hormone. Like it makes us feel happy, makes us feel good about our life, makes us feel seen, makes us feel valued. And that's all very important. Uh, however, it, it, it's a challenge. Uh, like, here's what I mean. So let's, let's do this. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Pull up my phone. This is how, how easy it is. Here we go. Here's a selfie right here. Boom. Everybody say cheese. Ah, awesome. Right there it is. Now I could post that to Instagram right now and I'll push it out to Facebook. And by the time I step off this platform, I'll have people commenting, Hey, why are you wearing a Niners jersey? You lose a bet, bro. <laughs> Or, hey, I love the Bay. Way to represent the local team. Or, man, Central Christian Church is looking good today. Hashtag fun day Sunday, right? Like, it's awesome, right? I'll get immediate, immediate feedback within seconds. It's awesome. And in that moment, I'll get a release of dopamine. I'll feel pretty good, pretty good about myself. All while having zero personal interaction with anyone while I'm up here on stage talking, talking to you. Uh, one sociologist Here's what uh, they said. They, they coined this term deferred loneliness. And so what happens is whenever I feel lonely, I can take a selfie, I can make a post, I can put some content out there, and people will begin to like it. People begin to comment. I'll feel like I'm connecting with them in that moment. Dopamine's released into my body, and it's deferring a longer-term issue for personal relationship, for personal intimacy. But I won't feel in the moment because I'll, have, I'll be on my phone feeling like, ah, oh, I'm connected, Right? feeling like things, things are good. And so we're meeting a short-term need while deferring a long-term, deeper need. As Pastor Craig Rochelle said, we are living for likes, but longing for love. We're hooked on instant gratification, and it's just, I'm just saying, let's just acknowledge what it is. It's changing the landscape for relationships. Uh, there's a book I read this year called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Um, it makes some interesting observations. It's in the resources in your, your program if you want to check it out. Uh, but Harvard Medical produced this article in May of 2018, and they quoted the vice president of uh, user growth from Facebook, and he was meeting with some Stanford students, and they, they posed this question, and, and then he responds to it. The question was about his involvement in exploiting consumer behavior uh, at Facebook. And so here's his response in this Harvard Medical Report, and I quote, uh, he says, I feel ter- tremendous guilt. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops we have created are destroying how society works, he explained. And then not quoting him, but the article itself, they wrote this Harvard Medical Uh, report wrote. In his talk, he highlighted something most of us, but few of us really appreciate. Uh, While it's easy to dismiss this claim as hyperbole, platforms like Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram are leveraging the very same neural circuitry used by slot machines and cocaine to keep us using their products as much as possible. Taking a closer look at the underlying science may give us pause next time our pockets buzz. End quote. And so that leads me to our third and final observation when it comes to how is technology changing our relationships, and that is this. Uh, We have power to do friendships on our own terms. 
Uh, technology has given us the power to do relationships, to do friendships on, on my terms. Uh, here, here's what I mean. Um, if Keith shoots me a text, I, can, I, I have a choice in that moment. I can respond immediately as soon as I see it, or, or I can wait. I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm busy, bro. I'm not, it's my time, you know? Or there's this thing like ghosting. I could just ghost him not respond at all, right? Like, and, and so while that may be rude, uh, nevertheless, I have that opportunity because this is relationship on my turn. I wouldn't ghost you, by the way. Uh, if Benjamin makes a post on uh, Instagram, I could be like, Ben, you're killing it, man. Keep up the good work. Future super soccer star, right? Awesome. Keep it up. Or I could not respond at all. And matter of fact, it might make me consider, Benjamin, are you following me on Instagram? You know what? I like your stuff. Why aren't you liking my stuff, bro? You know what? You're not following. I'm not going to follow you. You know, (laughs) it's relationship on my terms. Technology affords us this opportunity to do relationships on my time, on my terms. Um, There's a survey by leaders under the age of 30, and here's what they found. They found that the more they use social media, the more they crave personal interaction. We're more connected and yet more alone. Technology has changed the game for our relational realities and, and how we now have the power to do relationships on, on our terms. So, so let's shift gears now and let's start getting practical. So regardless if you're on social media or not, regardless if you've ever taken a selfie or not, if you apply these next three principles, uh, I guarantee it'll change the way you do relationships um, and help us to love people the way that Jesus has loved has loved us. So the first is this, the first fill in the blank, the second page here, is be intentional. Be intentional. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 reads this, uh, let us think of ways, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and, and good works. And let's not neglect our meeting together, this face-to-face interaction, as some people do, but encourage one another. So let's, let's consider that. Let's sit with that question for a moment. Let's get painfully practical uh, this morning. Uh, how do you suppose you could motivate one person in your life this week to acts of love and good works? When's the last time you spent some time applying that passage and saying, man, I'm going to think of ways to motivate one person to acts of love and good works. I'm going to ask you a question, and then I want you to write a name. I'm going to, we're going to have a fill in the blank here. You write a name in your notes. Here it is. Uh, today, I will take 10 minutes to think of creative ways to motivate this person, fill in the blank, to acts of love and, and good works. I guess that's a statement more than a question. Uh, but, but who is it? Who's one person in your life that you might be able to motivate? Who's one person in your life, in your circle of influence, who needs some encouragement? Who's one person in your circle of influence who, who could just use a, a fresh text saying, hey, thinking about you, praying for you. Who's one person in your circle of influence who could use a phone call to motivate them to acts of love and good works? Who's one person who could use some face-to-face conversation in a tough spot? Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but let's encourage. Let's encourage one another. The first, be intentional. Second, be present. Be present. Today, let's make this declaration, I will love people face to face, not just thumb to thumb. Let's make this, I'm going to love people face to face, not just thumb to thumb. I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to be present 
with people. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we've all seen this or experienced it firsthand, but maybe you've gone out to dinner to a nice restaurant and there's a family, right? The table right next to you, four of them, right? And here's what they're doing. They're just like this, off to dinner, on their phone. Uh, man, we're, I'm personally guilty of this as well, so I'm not just taking shots. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we, we try to do one day a week. And so that might be breakfast, might be lunch, might be dinner, might just be coffee. But, but one time a week, we have undivided attention. We're here. We're, we're on this date. And uh, often, we'll find ourselves, we'll catch ourselves. While one time a week, with one opportunity, here we are, both on our phones. And here's what we do. We say, wait a minute, wait, we need to do a phone stack. And so here's what we do. We, we stack our phones on the table. And next time it buzzes, we have a choice. We make this wager. If you touch your phone first, here's what you have to do. If I touch my phone first, here's what I have to do. And so we stack the phones up. I dare, try this next time you're on a date with your, your spouse or, or uh, maybe you're, you're out with family. Uh, make, it, make a phone stack. And make a wager, whoever touches their phone first, you got to do the laundry for a week. Whatever you want to do, get creative with it. But be present. Let's love people face to face, not just thumb to thumb. Teenagers, I love teenagers. They're so excited to hang out, but then when they hang out, they just sit on the couch, like on their device, and that's, that's okay. It's just different. Um, my kids, man, young kids, here's what they love to do. They love getting on YouTube kids so they can watch other kids play. I'm like... <laughs> Why don't you go play? We, we were doing this, we did this game with our, our dream team a couple weeks ago, Happy Salmon. We're like, oh, kids, we got this, we're going to play this game called Happy Salmon. It's so funny. They're like, yeah, I know. I'm like, I just learned about it. How'd you know? Oh, YouTube, I see them on YouTube Kids. I got it. I got it, Dad. All done. Nice. Well, cool. Uh, I'm glad you like watching other kids play games while instead of playing with your family. It's awesome. Um, I, I'm just, I'm not saying any of that's bad. I'm just saying let's call it like it is. And, and, and things are changing. And so rather than loving people face to face, we often like people thumb, thumb to thumb on our phones. Uh, if we're going to love people like Christ loved us, then we've got to work at being present. The whole divine narrative of scripture is God restoring relationship with broken people like me and broken people like you. And at the apex, at the, the apex of this divine narrative, God himself steps out of eternity into time and takes on human flesh to be present with us. And we celebrate this and we hear this word at, at Christmas time that he is Emmanuel, God with us. And so today, whatever you brought into this room, I just need to know he's with you. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's present with you in the pain. He's present with you in the joy. He's present with you on the mountaintop. He's present with you in the valley. He is Emmanuel. He is present. He is God with us. And here as his followers, he invites us to extend that same kind of love to be present in the lives of those that matter the most. He is Emmanuel, God with us. God didn't shout his love from heaven, but he showed up on earth. Psalms 46.1 says this, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. And I realize you can't be present for everyone, but all of us can be present for someone. Andy Stanley says this, he says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Trust me, I wish I could be there for everyone anytime there was a need, uh, but the fact of the matter is I, I, just, I just can't. Matter of fact, I would be wrong for me to try 
Because one, I would neglect my family, the people I love, and I would deprive us as the body of Christ of our responsibility to love one another and be present with them. So while you can't be present for everyone, all of us can be present for someone. Who is someone in your life that needs you to be present for them this week? Who's someone in your life that needs just some, some, some present time with you this week? Romans 12, 9, 10, and 13 says this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really show them. Uh, love each other with genuine affection. And take delight. Take delight in honoring each other. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Be ready to be present. Be ready to spring into action. If your friend is hurting, how are you going to really love them? If one, uh, one friend told me, he said, Tim, uh, whenever it comes to taking action, it's really three categories. There's good, there's better, there's best. Good, better, best. It, my personality is like, if it's not the best, then I don't really want to touch it. And so sometimes that paralyzes me to inaction. But he says, no, Tim, it's, it's good, it's better, it's best. Just do something. The, the key is just do something, right? And so whenever it comes to our relationships, uh, a text is good, right? Just shoot someone a text, thinking about you, praying for you, if you're really going to pray for them, and, and just do want you to know I'm in your corner. I had a previous uh, staff member text me last night. I hadn't heard from him for a, a long time. And uh, he said, hey, Tim, don't know what's going on in your life. Just want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm in your corner, and I appreciate your investment in my life. And man, just a simple text message out of the blue meant the world to me. Uh, better a phone call. It turns out these things, you can actually call people on them too. I didn't, sometimes I forget that, uh, but you can call people on these things. It's awesome. It's awesome. That's, that's, so text is good. Phone call's better. Uh, best, face-to-face. Drive over, take an Uber, jump on Caltrain, jump on your skateboard, uh, take a lime, take a bird, whatever it takes. Get there, be present. Uh, I remember um, when our second child, Drake, was in the hospital, we were in the hospital for weeks with him. He was born with a heart condition. I had to have open heart surgery at 10 days old and uh, really a struggle uh, time in our life. Um, but I remember people would show up to the hospital and um, they wouldn't necessarily say much. If they did, I wasn't in the headspace to really even hear it. Uh, but, but they would show up. And here's a pro tip. If you go visit someone in the hospital, five to 10 minutes tops, you're good. Five to 10 minutes. You don't need to spend a whole lot of time. Just be present. Pray for them. Get out. Even better, take them something. Take them a magazine or, you know, little things make a big difference in that season. Um, but, but I can't describe how much a five to ten minute visit meant to me in that season. Good was a text message, praying for you, bro. Once you know I'm in your corner. People were blowing us up on social media. It meant, it, that meant something. Uh, better was a phone call, thinking about you, praying for you, and then pray with me on the phone. Best was being present. Who could you be present for this week? Let's love people face-to-face, not just thumb-to-thumb. If you're married, love each other belly-button to belly-button. But that's a message for February. You just hold on. That's going to be a message in February. Feel free to start practicing if you like. All right, so uh, we're going to be intentional. We're going to be present, and we're going to be engaged. We're going to be engaged in relationships, um, not like towards marriage, but not just physically present but emotionally and mentally engaged. Uh, and this is a real struggle for me. Um, my wife, she was, uh, had a meeting this week. She was out one evening, and so I was at home with the kids. And uh, my five-year-old comes up to me and says, Daddy, I wish you wasn't always working so we could just play. 
And I said, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm trying to work on a message to help people be present, to help people be intentional, to help people be engaged. So like, if you could just back up, bro, like daddy's busy, right? First John 3.18, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Let's be engaged. Uh, Gary Chapman, he wrote this book called Five Love Languages. And uh, at, at the heart of this book is this idea that you receive love differently than the person sitting next to you. So while you can say, I love you, they might not necessarily feel your love through your words. It's going to require some, some actions. And so some people in the room, they receive love uh, by quality time. Just spending quality time with that person, man, it fills up their, their love tank and they feel your love. Uh, words of affirmation for some people, man, it just, just lights them up. Others, it's physical touch. For others, it's receiving gifts. For others, it's, it's acts of service. Uh, Gary Chapman, actually, if you just Googled five love languages, um, there's a, an online assessment. It'll take you a couple minutes. You can figure out your love language. You can figure out your spouse's love language. It'll help you go a lot further, a lot, a lot faster. But for everyone in the room, you receive love differently. And so uh, for one of our kids, it's quality time. Whenever we spend quality time with him, man, he just lights up and man, all's good. Uh, for another one of my, my, my kids, man, he, out of the blue, from an early age, he would just come up and punch me. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what the heck? But, but his love language is physical touch. So it was his way of saying, daddy, I just want some attention. I just, wanna, I just be, I want you to be engaged with me. Uh, our, our youngest, man, I can pour words on her and her whole world changes. Like she can be, I, you're so sweet, you're so, just pour out words of affirmation on her and she lights up. And so we need to be intentional with the way that we love people, be present, be engaged with how we love them, not just tell them that we love them, but let them feel your love. Let's not just tell people we're in their corner. Let us show it with our actions. Let's prove it by what we do. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So how has God loved you? Has he been kind? Has he been patient? Has he been generous? Has he been forgiving? Has he been merciful? Has he loved you selflessly, humbly, honestly? This goes on. And in response to that, he invites you to love people the same way that he has loved you. Let's love people that way this week. In closing, Clearly, social media is not going away anytime soon. And honestly, I'm, I wouldn't want it to because I think there's so many redemptive, wonderful qualities. Nevertheless, it might be nice to stop counting likes and start making memories without filters. Because at the end of the day, social media can't capture spontaneous laughter, can't capture butterflies in the stomach, can't provide that real connection that we are all desiring and really wanting after all, we're called to love each other, not just with our thumbs, but with our lives. Therefore, let's be intentional. Let's be present. Let's be engaged. Let's love one another as he has loved you. So you must love one another. At the end of your life, 
It won't be about the likes you received. It'll be about the love that you've shown. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for the way that you love us. We thank you, God, for the love that you've shown. God, you've been very intentional in your love for us. Jesus, we're just so thankful that you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. You are very present, even in our time of trouble. And God, I thank you that you are fully engaged in our realities that we're up against today. People have come into this place carrying a lot of different burdens, a lot of different needs, a lot of things swirling around their lives, but it hasn't caught you by surprise. So Father, we come to you and we say thanks for who you are. God, we do pray that you would help us in our time of need, that we would celebrate with you in the mountaintop. And Father, in return of experiencing that kind of love, Father, would you help us to love those in our circle of influence, those in our worlds that we live in. God, that requires supernatural strength, supernatural power. So would you empower us to that end, we pray today. In Jesus' name, amen.